Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Today's show is brought to you by Carpenter Brute. Since 2012, Carpenter Brute has released three amazing EPs, which are now available as one album. Carpenter Brute's Trilogy. Featuring 18 amazing tracks. Get it today at carpenterbrute.bandcamp.com. Hey there, welcome to the show. Beyond Synth is back. That's right, season three, which is probably going to be even more sporadic than the previous seasons. Every two months to three to four months, there will be a brand new episode. It will be very, very exciting. Uh, We have some good shows coming up, so you're going to like it or not. That's up to you but I can only hope that you do. And if you're new to the show, uh, my name is Andy Last, and I host it, and I talk to artists and producers who make cool music, often retro-inspired electronic music, uh, synthwave, we like to call it. Music inspired by, you know, 80s movies and video games, and uh, it also covers stuff that goes into the 90s and, you know, 70s and stuff like that, but just cool retro-sounding electronic music, But, you know, sometimes there's guitars in there too, man. It's basically just cool music that I think is cool. And on today's show is Future Holotape, a duo. We had fun chatting. So just to get the business out of the way, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last. Please like the Beyond Synth Facebook page. If you listen to the show and you're on the SoundCloud link, um, you know, hit like and, uh, you know, share it and, and comment. You know, it's nice to see people commenting. I do respond. Uh, not like, like it's a big deal. <laughs> like, cause I'm this huge celebrity. And if I respond to the thing that you write, that's a big deal. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here eating a box of no brand Ritz crackers. That's right. I didn't even, I don't even have the proper Ritz crackers. I'm eating no name. I don't know if you guys have no name in your country, but in Canada, we have these, this brand called no name and it comes in a yellow box. I'm assuming it's international, but, um. Or at least, uh, you know, in the States. Anyway, they're called Original Snack Crackers. Light tasting and flaky. Great for snacking or entertaining. I'm going to eat one now. 
Sorry, is this not professional? Mmm. Apparently, um, it's completely unprofessional to eat on a podcast. <sighs> Sorry, were you guys expecting a proper show? <laughs> let's just go to the interview. It's been a long wait between the end of season two and season three, so let's just get right into it. Let's do this thing. Here is future holotape. So how, how are you guys doing? What's, what's happening? Since we released our album, we're like taking a break. We have been writing a lot, though. Yeah, and I've been dying to release it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucks. Yeah, school's like a drag right now. It's going to be a good while until we release anything, though. Not like a long while. A good while. Let me introduce you guys, man. Yes. The gentleman's name is Ernest Mancia, is that correct? That's me, yes. According to your website, you are vocals and keys. I am. And the lady is Julie Chang, who is keys slash synthesizer master. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Yeah, that. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. Wait, you say you're in school? What did you say at the beginning there? We're both going to school at the moment. And working. So what's the schooling you guys are doing? Is it music related or are you guys architects? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. Nah, actually I don't wish. Architects are very, very smart people, but I tried it and it was not. Well, for real? That was just a throwaway joke. You actually tried? Yeah, I did. <laughs> 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 That's why I was just like, like oh, oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually did for a year and I was like, Ugh. I've been pretty undecided for a long while now, but I'm uh, actually working towards getting my bachelor's as a mechanical engineer. Oh, but at the same time, I wanted to... Uh, Commercial music. I want to write music or scores for movies and stuff. What do mechanical engineers do? A lot of not fun stuff. A lot of math. A lot of math, That's yeah. Stupid. I'm actually, I love math. Julie is an English nerd. Which I'm is, not an English nerd. No, no, I'm that, just better at writing, so I stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to know about mechanical engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you haven't I'm answered my question, off. Ernest. Man. Do you, on, first sorry. of all, do you like being called Ernest? Yeah, Ernest is cool. Is that what people call you? Yeah. yeah nobody he calls him Ernie. People try to call me like uh, Ernie or Ernesto, mm. but I'm like, legally, I'm Ernest. You gotta love so. when, when people try and give you like the nickname, but it's longer than the actual name. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really weird is I introduced him to uh, my, my really close girlfriends a while back. And when they first met him, they're like, what was your name again? Ernest? You know what? You don't seem like an Ernest. You seem like a Dexter. Yeah, We're I was... just going to call him Dexter because <laughs> we feel like it. And they still call him Dexter. I mean, occasionally they'll call him Ernest, but they still call him Dexter. Mm. Got to love that uh, respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just exactly. going to change your name for you. We yeah. don't like that one. Yeah, Ernest is a tough one, right? Because... I, I mean, I'm legally an Andrew, and I'm not. I'm not an Andrew because I find that Andys are sort of goofier. <laughs> so, like, I'm happily an Andy, but I have had conversations with Andrews who have made the distinction that, like, I'm an Andrew yeah. because Andrew is the more serious. You know what I mean? Like Andy, you know, like you say it like that. Yeah, it's kind of like my name. Like, well, I mean, I guess any name, but yeah. I mean, like when people call me Julianne. Like, I'll introduce myself as Julianne, like, for interviews, work, or school, but everybody calls me Julie, and it's just so different. Like, Julianne, it's only when I'm doing anything, like, serious, you know, or when my parents or family is yelling at me because they're mad, or, like, you know, just Julie, it's like, oh, hey, Julie. 
<laughs> when I think of Ernie, it's very hard to think of that name without immediately associating it with the Sausage. Muppet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sad part is uh, I work at a high school. A lot of the kids that are coming in as ninth graders, they're uh, born in 2000. And I tell them, all right, uh, I tell them like shortcuts with music theory. I teach music theory. So uh, B and E don't have sharps. So I'm like, oh, yeah, remember, B and E, like Bert and Ernie. And so many kids are coming in like, what? Who? Who's Bert and Ernie? Sesame Street? What? You yeah. should know that shit. My son knows. That's good. See, I'm happy because like a lot of kids don't know what's going on anymore. Break me off a piece of that. And then kids look at me like, what? What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, so hold on here. So mechanical engineering. Yes. And you're teaching music theory at a high school. I've had this yeah. conversation with him so many times. <laughs> I just, everyone says, like, why don't you just pursue music? And he's like, yeah, but I want to make money. And I'm like, yeah, but are you going to be happy? Like, yeah, see, you know, I, I you're going to do, end up doing it eventually. I am. And I am. I'm going to minor in uh, commercial music. Minor. But yeah, see, it's just for me, I just want that support. I need that backbone. That's why I'm going to be the sugar mama. Hey, you know what? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Originally, I was applying for like a coach. Like, oh, I want to help out at uh, an elementary school and be their coach and teach them, I don't know, soccer or whatever they do. They saw that I was studying music at the time. I Like, I've been on and off with music. I mean, I love it regardless. But I've been on and off. And they saw that I was studying it and... Um, my experience in it, like I, I did like little gigs. They were just like, well, why don't you teach music? And I'm like, I, you know what? Right now, I, I don't, wouldn't mind. So they gave me the gig at a high school. And I mean, ever since then, I've been working there for like five years now, six years. So is it sort of like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds? Where like <laughs> you, you came in there and the kids are all a bunch of rough kids and you've like taught them to be good through the power of music? She didn't do that in Dangerous Minds, but it wasn't music. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I get it. So then it's more like uh, that film with Tom Berenger, the uh, the substitute. No, what was the Tom Berenger movie where, where he's like the substitute teacher and an Ernie Hudson was the principal? I don't expect that anyone should know this because it was a terrible straight-to-video movie. <laughs> <laughs> Forget that I brought it up. Tom Berenger was the he comes in and then the the trailer was like to show he was a badass. You know, like one of the kids in the class is like, "You ever been shot?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've been shot because he was in the <laughs> army." <laughs> oh my god! Hey Julie, what do you do? <laughs> I work part time here and there because I go to school full time and my life sucks because <laughs> school is just. <laughs> She's pretty intense with school. She loves English. How but, the uh, hell are, can you hope to be a sugar mama? <laughs> you got to get some steady employment to be a sugar mama. That's how it works. It's just really hard to work full time and go to school full time. It, I mean, not because like me physically and mentally, I wouldn't be able to do it. Of course, I'd be able to do it. It's hard to find something that uh, has steady hours afternoon hours so that way I can go to school morning or night. It's too much because I like to take a lot of classes at a time. And right now I'm I'm mostly focusing on um, psychology going towards that and I might 
either double major psychology and journalism or business, but I don't like business. <laughs> <laughs> psychology, eh? Are you guys going to like work that into the music and like sing songs about Freud and shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like we would not make money doing that. But. <laughs> hey, did you hear that new song with Future Holiday about Freud? Yeah, it's really, like, really weird. <laughs> oh my god. Lots of words rhyme with Freud, man. You can... <laughs> You got the work cut out for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. But we've talked about what could we do together, like merge the two, because Ernest eventually, like inevitably, he's going to end up doing something in music. We can do music therapy for kids. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. We had this conversation not too long ago driving back. Like last night or something. And you can like mechanically engineer a piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about... Uh... <laughs> this is one of my brilliant segues. Talk to me about your music. So you guys make music together. That's cute. Yeah, we've been uh we've been writing music for a couple of years now. Three. It's three. Oh yeah, three years. years, sorry. And it's been going pretty good. Great. That's it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, no. There you go. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um no. <laughs> Imagine, yep, that's the uh, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> so we've been writing music for three years. We were doing projects in the past and you know, building off of each other. Like originally Julie was playing synth and uh I was just playing guitar. See us coming from using PC. PC is not live show friendly. <laughs> we had so many issues where it was like latency issues or like just a lot of issues trying to like put it in live performance. And then we started getting actual um, analog gear and we started building like little by little. I was kind of like, how the hell did I get this set up? And she was just like, yeah, dude, I love this. It's synthesizer. And then <laughs> we, we kept building off of it. And um, I mean future holotape happen i just thought it was so boring like you know all i had was uh what the heck do i have the axiom uh 61 A key no it's not 61 is it it's no? like 49 or something oh yeah it was the a 49, axiom 49. Right. it's yeah. like all i had was that and, and then funny. my laptop and then i would like <laughs> i added one other maybe two other keyboard and it was just it became hectic but it was just too easy like i was like i don't know this is this is just you know everything's already said it's here and then i got a micro korg and um i was like ooh buttons and that's when wow. she started going crazy <laughs> she starts like tweaking everything out that little synth has a lot more to offer than what you think and especially now that you can get it at a pretty pretty reasonable price yeah some really smart person once uh told us that you know micro korgs are you know not worthy of being used <gasps> oh, for like live God. purposes it's like yeah nobody uses them they're an obsolete instrument and i was like shut your face like there are <laughs> so many people that use it and i mean i love it it's like my little baby i see it and i'm like you made this happen you want to name that person this is the part of the show where we name and shame name and shame that's a new feature i've just invented because oh. it rhymes you know i, I honestly like don't care Sorry, but i think ernest is the one that's a little bit more uncomfortable with that kind of stuff oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just kidding i'm just kidding okay <laughs> no i mean i don't care because i mean i've called oh, this no. guy out Ju i don't care julie is pretty intense i kind of love it though it's like you kind of sit back and watch and just <laughs> oh some shit's about to go down right now. She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. You know. Julie Smash. No, um, it's... Mike it's... Mendoza. Okay, let's move on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nah, we love Mike. Tell me about uh, 
unless you want to name that person. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's nobody you know. It totally wouldn't even matter. It's, yeah. it's a nobody. He's uh, like a speck in the universe. Mm. A douchebag. Ouch. Woof. A speck. And this is why I sit back on and just listen. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that guy so is can... my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me about the track uh, "Life Sequence." Oh, oh my god, that's a fun one to that's, talk about. It is, in all honesty, that's our baby. That's the first track that, when we were writing music together, and we were like, "All right, let's do it, just you and me. We can make this happen." We started writing tracks. We wrote a good six tracks as a. Um, as a start, one of them was Life Sequence. And we, when we finished it, we were like, wow, this track is like the style that we really want to go for. And Julie was like, yeah, we were like, we need to do another track like this. This is really good. And after that point was the point we actually started working on uh, Analog Renegade. take pride in that track because it um really shaped us it behind. kind of <laughs> defined the genre that we were going to proceed with as future holotape we had started out in like a, an indie kind of alternative kind with of electronic undertones kind of rock, band yeah, it was like we had rock. an actual drummer we had like other people contributing now, was, was that still future holotape or did that have a different name no that was a. Uh, it was funny. I made Ernest this really random playlist, and I always give him really weird names. And uh, one of the playlists I made, I made him was uh, called "Outlast the Reset," <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that's that sounds like a band name." And I'm like, "Whatever." <laughs> yeah, she's just like, "Like, oh, let's make it." I, I was tripping. I was like, "Hey, you know what? This sounds really, really good. We need to make this band name." 
because we were trying to figure out what we were going to be called. And um, we took that name and we wrote like a good six songs. That's pretty much like how it started with synthesizers. Right now we use all Korg gear. And it just kind of happened that way. It's not like yeah. intentional, but I mean. When we were using VSTs, we had Korg Legacy. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I don't know what the it didn't, Korg it, is. It wasn't planned. Like, I mean, a friend said he had Korg Legacy and he's like, I can give it to you. I was like, all right, I don't really care, whatever. <laughs> just little by little, we started phasing everything out. And I was trying to find like a good small synthesizer that I can like start out with and, and start learning with. And then I found the micro Korg and I'm like, oh, this makes sense. And then it just kind of started building up. And like I said, it was totally unintentional. We just kind of happened to end up getting all Korg gear. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like we, we talked about this before. Like, I, I feel like they just get it. I think because the two um, founders, one of them's a guitarist. And his name is Steven Korg. Jeez, I don't remember their names. I just know Stephen one of the guys. Stephen and Jeff Korg. <laughs> no, one of the it's guys. actually John Korg. I'm yeah. just kidding. Korg Johnson. <laughs> a, one of the guys, the first two letters in his name is K-O, R. and the other guy is starts with R-G. And they just mixed them together, and it was Korg, and I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah, but like uh, the... What the, the fuck kind of name starts with R-G? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that guy's name? <laughs> well, it's good old, the, this guy over here's name is fucking Cobalt, or whatever name starts with K-O, and then some other dude called fucking Rigged, Rigged, like... Who's that guy? <laughs> but like it, they're they're both they're both Japanese, right? Yeah, they're both Japanese. Yeah, so I mean, you, you know, so, they're, they're maybe just maybe everything, maybe everything I just said could be construed as racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. What's the dog's name? What dog? I hear a dog in the background. That's a uh, Bart. Fido. It's Fido. No, his I'm name's kidding. Bart. Yeah, his name's Bart. Yeah, he's actually uh, he's a rescue. He seems pretty messed up when we got him, so we've been like super nice. So you guys so, are like heroes. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> so, so what happened to the other people then in your previous band? It's not like we had like an intense fallout or anything. It was just we went different directions, you know. The drummer wanted to do something more metal-based, so I was like, hey, man, do your thing. And then at the same time, our big... Well, we had a, two drummers that kind of just, you know, drifted away. We've never had luck with drummers. Drummers are unreliable. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry if you're a drummer, but no, MPC-1000 that... <laughs> is like the best drummer Aww. ever. Always there, <laughs> always on time, never messes up. You count on them. <laughs> no, yeah, we have had a lot of bad luck with uh, with drummers. I don't know why. It's just like... Oh, is that Ernest and Julie? No, nah, pack up my crap and get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the Ernest part. It's the Ernest part. Mainly the <laughs> Ernest part. When you guys perform now, I've seen uh, some pictures and it looks like fun. You guys dress up and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like neon lights on the keyboards and things. Tell me about that. Well, originally, I, I really wanted to get creative. Like I, I saw potential in what we were doing. And I was like, what can we do to make this better? And then Julie was like, maybe we should get lights like this and that. And I was like, I don't know how the hell we're going to do that. And then we even talked about doing something with black lights, having them just turn off all the lights and we'll like control the black lights. And well, just I mean, I still want to do something with black lights, like paint our keyboard stands and then have like a, a long black light shining up at them. Yeah. Like, like low and shit. Yeah. Julie has like a bunch of creative ideas. And uh, we ended up with, like, we need to find some LED lights. So there was a small company in Florida 
that made them so and they had like controllers and everything so what we did was hook it up to the drum machine and like the lights go with the music so it, it syncs up pretty well we have like fog machine the laser lights it's a lot of fun i feel like every year we keep adding and adding and and i think it's gonna hopefully one day it can be something really crazy and big most well, cool man yeah th- thanks I, uh... <laughs> what else? I, I should no, i should have had something to follow that up uh... <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool guys let's just sit here for a while and think about Good that for you this is this is I think this is the latest I've ever done one of these. Really? When you talk to people in England and Europe, the f- time goes the other way. I'm trying to think. No, I've done a few people with L.A., but we always manage to do it in like the afternoon. Because mm. Droid Bishop's in L.A. and mm-hmm. and and Zach Robinson. Yeah, D.A.D. Yeah. Are those the only people I talk to in L.A.? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably know my own thing. Talk to me about the track uh, Renegade. Oh, that was one of our later tracks. Uh. We're going to jump around. I, to be honest mm. with you, because we were originally going to do this in the summer. So I'm still sort of using the notes that I wrote in the summertime. And sometimes my notes to myself are really vague. Uh, yeah, I, I totally understand. Like, I'll leave myself like a note on something. and oh. I'll be like, oh, I, you know, I don't need to be in depth or descriptive as to what I was thinking <laughs> or what I wanted to do because I know myself. I'm going to remember. And then I look at it and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean it's just something like gurp or something <laughs> gurp it's just gibberish and i'm like what the? no it's funny because i've <laughs> i've seen julie do this she's like oh there's a note on my thing she just stops and looks really focused and she's like what the hell's gurp <laughs> i would be shocked too if i found a note on my thing <laughs> <laughs> by thing i usually mean synthesizers yeah. or like because <laughs>
Renegade originally started with like a lot of inspiration from uh, Scarface. I never ever really thought about writing a track for Scarface, but uh, there was a compilation that was coming out or was trying to be, uh, be put together, but we never ended up releasing it for that. But man, did we have fun like actually working on that track. We started off with like two different solos and a lot of sampling uh, from the actual movie. That's uh, the SoundCloud version. The one that we have on our actual album, we couldn't put it in there because uh, copyright issues. And we were just really lazy, too. <laughs> we were really lazy. Really, really, really I mean, I'm sure we could have figured it out, but it's like, eh. And the intro is so long. It's just like, I'm pretty sure people just want to cut straight to the music, you know. <laughs> and I think the one with all the sampling is up for free on SoundCloud, right? I'm not sure. Probably. When we started it, it was uh, like thinking about what we could write about. We thought about doing something towards what, like the album, but at the same time, something inspirational. We were talking about breaking out of who you are, like being stuck as one thing and just kind of doing your own thing and that means becoming that the renegade. I don't give a fuck attitude. What was the connection to Scarface then exactly? Scarface in the whole movie... He's like doing his own thing. I mean, it really got to me. I think when he killed his brother in the car. And then, man, I hope I'm not spoiling this movie for anybody. Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> hey man, you never know. More people, oh, I don't even want to okay. go there. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, when he kills his brother and then he just like, he's just like, screw everybody. And then he's just taking all those shots. It's, it's kind of like, man. You should just do whatever you want to do all the time. Uh, to me, when I finished watching that... You want to was, kill your brother and kill your brother. No, I, <laughs> hey, I don't know about that. It's too fun. Hey, no, are, but, uh, are you referring to when he shoots Manny? In the car? No, the dude in the car. You mean the assassin guy? Mm-hmm. Why, why are you referring to him as his brother? Isn't that his brother? The dude who plants the bomb underneath the car? No, no, no. The guy that's going to detonate it. Yeah. That's Manny? No, no, no. Manny's Manny's his best friend, right? Who, like, ends up sleeping with his sister. No, 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 And when he comes home in the coke-fueled rage, he shoots him, but regrets it later while he's pondering it over the coke pile. Yeah. The dude dude in the car... Not the guy in the backseat, the guy riding shotgun. Espacio? Espacio? That dude? And then when he blows him away and says, I ain't gonna kill no kids, and shoots Buddy. Did you, like, (laughs) watch this yesterday? This is not fair. man, this is really good. (laughs) No, so it's, like, it's probably, like, my favorite film, so I just... I, I, we, we, we need to get the facts straight here. Am I am I wrong? <laughs> you're probably wrong because he tends to do this kind of stuff where somebody says, yeah, you're like my brother. And then it's like, that's his brother. The guy that's his brother. The brother that's his brother. <laughs> well, I'm you wondering. Know? I'm just trying to figure out why you would think that because like he really doesn't like that character at all, right? Like the dude Sosa, he's like, we have a problem, Tony, you know, and he's got to go to the United States to, to waste that dude before he goes on 60 minutes. So then it, they send mm-hmm. along that assassin guy, but he doesn't speak any English. And so he needs uh, Tony's help. But then Tony thinks it's going a little bit too far when that dude wants to detonate a car with uh, kids and with women and kids and stuff. So really, it's just this random guy. Oh, really? Well, but, but I like your interpretation. <laughs> hey, man, you know what? <laughs> I oh, I feel so bad now. No, but for oh, reals, I feel kind of bad. No, but I honestly was like, dang, this guy just doesn't care. <laughs> I know he doesn't even care about his fake Cuban accent. Oh, my God. Okay, man. No, the movie's oh amazing. The, it's one yeah. of the last classic films, you know, where now, you know, when you're doing a film like that, you can't really get away with having, like, 
white actors painted brown oh, doing silly yeah. accents. Oh, of course. But yeah. it's so awesome. <laughs> like, it's such an awesome movie. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, like, I, 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 so I think that's one of the movies that Ernest cannot watch with me because I will complain nonstop about the accent. Yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. nobody guys- in my family says, yeah. hey, man. Like nobody for, talks. For like the that. record, Julie's Cuban. She has Cuban family, so it's just like everybody in her family. I have like, drug dealing blood in me. No, <laughs> but Scarface also isn't really like. I don't know a lot of women who gravitate towards that film. Well, you know, I don't hate it. Like I do like to watch it. I think <laughs> it's really fun to watch. But I mean, I just don't see all the hype. You know, and I, I watched it when I was younger, you know, like it, it's not like something that I'm new to. It's just, you know, not not one of my favorites. Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I've never I've never met a girl who really digs it. Like I've, I I would show it to my wife and stuff and be like, oh, this is like you know, this movie's so awesome. And I realized like it is sort of a guy film. As long as she likes Star Wars. <laughs> Ernest, don't even get me started on Star Wars. But, I mean, I love Star Wars, but I actually had to sit Ernest down and show him every single one. He just recently saw them for the first time and he's he's gesturing <laughs> to me to please stop and don't no, say no. anything. <laughs> But I have to. I have to shame him. Wait, so let's talk about that here. So you just watched the Star Wars (laughs) films recently? Recently. Like probably this year. It wasn't this year for the record. And the first time I showed them to him, he fell asleep. And I I showed him the first original three before the stupid three. No, okay. So for the record, I saw parts... Of the old Star Wars. Now, were you upset at that part where they're in that car and then Han Solo shot his brother? <laughs> I was pretty mad. <laughs> no, um, so I saw parts of the old ones, but I saw the new ones. And then Julie's like, what? You saw the new ones? That doesn't count. And then she kept trying to get me to watch the old ones, which... He kept falling asleep. You can't do it while I'm going to school. I got out of night class at like 10. Then I got back and we were watching it. We were on vacation, I remember, because we (laughs) stayed up this I don't even want to. This is like the problem I have when I would show movies to my wife. I mean, she would just pass out. I would always want to show her like all the cool movies. And basically, it would just mean that uh, I'd end up watching the end of Blade Runner by myself <laughs> while my wife was fast asleep. I showed Ernest Blade Runner, too. I saw Blade Runner, but still, I saw parts of it. But if, if you didn't see the whole thing, then did you miss the part where he was in the back of that car and then he like sh- <laughs> he shot his brother? It's, that happens in every single Harrison Ford movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. So have you finally seen the Star Wars films then? Has that been... Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I but he them. still gets... I still punk on him a lot because we'll we'll say things like we'll be having a conversation with our friends about oh my god yeah in episode you know five when this and this happens and he's like yeah when when you know the Ewoks and the Ewoks and I'm like stop talking about the Ewoks you know they, they weren't <laughs> even in that scene you need to relax and he's like no but you remember that part with the like for some reason well, the Ewoks he remembers shoot the his Ewoks. brother in the car <laughs> 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 Julie's like a pretty diehard Star Wars fan. She actually started showing me uh, the Ewok movies. I have every single yeah. Star Wars film. I mean, not any of the cartoon crap or anything. I just, you know, didn't have time to follow it. But, you know, whatever. I have the two Ewok films. Caravan of Courage. Yeah. Yep. Caravan of Courage. One of the stupidest yeah. <laughs> subtitles for a movie I think I've ever heard. Oh my. What's it the other one? Battle for so Endor is the cute. other one, right? Yeah, yeah. I-, I think it's Caravan of Courage. Is that the one with the little girl? I believe so. 
I always get them like mixed up because the covers look so similar. Yeah, no, no, I was not. <laughs> they both had little kids in them. In a caravan of courage, it just made me think of Dark Crystal. I was like, this this does not feel like Star Wars. There's a, a sorceress lady morphing into crows and shit, and there's like a diamond ring that gives you powers and trying to save each other. Oh my family, blah blah blah. And it's just like this has not like no Star Wars essence besides the freaking Ewoks wickets there did you ever watch the ewoks cartoon no i didn't yeah there was like this cartoon on tv called droids and it followed the exploits of uh, c-3po and r2d2 but they were like they had different masters Mm -hmm. and then there was this parallel cartoon i remember being on the same time called ewoks and they like spoke english in it and it had this song that was like there ewoks and anyway whatever (laughs) i'll send you the link I think I may have just done it an injustice. <laughs> we are the Tell me about the track Cult Hallucinations. We were um, trying to come out uh, with a Halloween track. Originally, when before we even wrote the lyrics or anything, we, we started watching Paranorman and the intro where he's getting chased by the zombies has a. He's not getting. Well, that's no, not him. Then he shoots his brother. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's watching a zombie movie. Yeah. Uh, In the zombie movie, it starts out with this like really fat arpeggiated bass. Yeah. And we're like, ooh. That's the one. Like, That's what one. is want that? that? Yeah. <laughs> and then we just built from that. We we're like, let's get something similar to that going. And then we, it just started flying after that. I told Julie that when I was writing the lyrics, I think that same night I was writing the lyrics, I fell asleep and I started dreaming about this house that's by her house. And it's like an old, creepy looking abandoned house. It looks like it should be in an 80s slasher film. It looks film. like the house yeah. from Night of the Living Dead, the one mm-hmm. that's in that big field. And it's funny because the song kind of has like two different interpretations to us. Like he wrote the lyrics and, and I was just thinking about old movies about the occult, like Rosemary's Baby, when uh, she thinks she's dreaming and she's lying naked. You know, she can't move. And the old people are like hovering over her. And, you know, she the devil puts his seed in her like i was thinking about like crazy shit like that you know like that's what i was thinking about when i was writing cult hallucinations and that's why i wanted to name it that like i fought Ernest. Mm, i was like yeah i want it to have this name cult hallucinations i was like that's the one that's what it's gonna get and he's like all right
this very typical structure for titling songs. Like, I think originally I wanted to call that song, like, Dark Wave Light Speed. Oh, I And she's know. like, what the hell does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. Sounds <laughs> we, cool. Oh, my God. His best friend makes fun of him so much. Like, he's like, you just pick a color, some sort of thing that's related yeah. to light, and then some, like, random place, like, Dark Cave Lights. Yep. Or, like, that name, like, a Purple Spectrum. <laughs> or, like, you know, like, he has a certain way that he titles his songs. Yeah. I feel like a lot of my thought really just goes into lyrics. I love writing lyrics and I'm like, no, I can improve on this. I can improve on this. And by the time you get to the title, you're like, you know what? I'm tired. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, kind of. So um, now that you've seen all the Star Wars films, Ernest, which one do you like the best? I'd probably have to say the last one, even though it's weird. I hear a lot of people say they like the fourth one or Julie says she likes talking about it, the fifth one. It's really hard for me to pick. I mean, I like episode four through six a lot. There's scenes in each one that are my favorites. So it's hard for me to say, I like this one the most or I like this one. But Ernest, I don't know, I guess it's easier for him because he doesn't care. No, it's not that I don't care. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, I recently uh, downloaded the, I say recently, but like, you know, you can you can get the versions that don't have all the special features stuff. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the way that I saw them when I was younger without uh, all the added, because they added some kind of nonsense to them with like the special editions. Oh yeah, that was really weird. I actually got the version of like episode four where it's not called episode four, where it just is called Star Wars because they added the episode four bit afterwards. It's funny, like I still don't think of them that way. Like when they call them episode four, five, and six, to me, they're just the three Star Wars movies that matter. Like I, I never really. <laughs> yeah, I was never like that either. But then the other three, the really ridiculous ones came out and everybody started talking about them as like episode one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, yeah. uh, because I mean, they came out with that ridiculous trilogy. I wanted to own the Blu-rays, but I found I had sort of like a last straw thing with some of the changes they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I handled quite a few of them through the special editions and stuff. And like they'd throw in like goofy robots in the corner of shots and things. And like, <laughs> whatever, you know. But then the last one, the Blu-ray, where they like had Vader yell no before he tossed the Emperor in the hole was like the last kind of straw for me that actually prevented me from buying the set. <laughs> it just upset me so much because... Because the scene where Vader, he's looking back and forth and seeing Luke getting electrocuted. Oh, yeah. It was one of those scenes where, like, even as a kid, I wasn't confused. Yeah. Like, I'm watching it going, like, I get it. He's looking at his son. He's looking at the Emperor. He sees how evil the Emperor is. He's making up his mind. He tosses the Emperor in. And then the stupid Blu-ray one, he goes, no, no. And then he picks up the Emperor and he's like, no. Like oh, that. that sounds oh, cheesy. And yeah, it's so just... terrible because it also makes no sense because now the Emperor is like electrocuting Luke and Vader's saying no right next to him. And like the Emperor's not like just stopping and just like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, are you that. yelling no? Are you having a crisis of <laughs> conscience, Darth Vader? Like it's such a stupid. You know, which one got me is when they edited the, the famous Han Solo shooting scene. <laughs> the issue also is just that it looks weird. Oh, yeah. I mean, they did some things that were cool. That's what bothers me is because. I'm not um, I'm not like one of those people who's like super nostalgic where like if you want to clean things up, I always use Blade Runner as an example because Blade Runner, the final cut, 
they really just cleaned up the film and and they did add some special effects stuff to it but it it, it was all just to enhance the the film yeah. uh, and they right. only made one change that I was upset with which they redubbed a line I liked the original line so much and they changed it which one when Rutger Hauer uh, goes to kill Tyrell and he says in the the theatrical cut and in the director's cut he says I want more life fucker like that and it's supposed to be sort of vague as to whether he said fucker or father Mm -hmm. but he clearly said oh that's right yeah and then in the in the final cut they used yeah they used the father take and it's still fine like it's still a cool line but yeah when he said fucker it was cooler because it was just weird like why would he say that like it like i like when lines are weird memorable you know yeah Yeah. that's how you remember it and you're like oh oh they changed it yeah yeah but but anyway, whatever. I mean, like for all the other things that they fixed, like I can tolerate that change. But the Star Wars ones, they just kept making changes every time that movie would get re-released. Yeah, I remember like the VHSs and the DVDs, then the special edition DVDs, then the Blu-ray. In each iteration, they kept making changes. They just got kind of s- stupid. Like the, there just came this point where I didn't understand the motivation behind some of the changes. It almost made me not want to watch it. Well, because so, some of them are frustrating. I mean, there the sequence with with Han Solo where he's talking to Jabba the Hutt in Episode no. Four. Oh yeah, is and it's he's terrible totally CGI. Yeah, like, it's awful. It's straight it's, up. It's so awful. He walks on his tail. Oh, yeah. And it was just the dumbest. It's just the stupidest thing I've seen. Like when you watch it, you're just like what? It's insane. The power that George Lucas has where, you know, an animator would clearly obviously wants his job and you're not going to speak out against him. But I I mean, I would just be so upset if I was the guy who was working on that scene and knowing the whole time that, you know, you're working on the CGI or maybe there's a team of people animating and you know, rotoscoping out Han Solo and all, doing all these special effects things, just knowing the whole time that you're working on a scene that sucks. Yeah. It must be really, like, upsetting, and I feel bad for them almost. I feel bad for anybody who had to animate Jar Jar Binks. I feel bad for... <laughs> oh, my God, I know. Mind you, we tolerate the Ewoks because I, like, I, I think because I saw that movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I think that if I was a jaded adult and I saw episode six for the first time, I would be sort of like, what the fuck's up with this? Yeah. Like they are a little bear. I mean, everything that Luke is doing is awesome. Like the whole movie with Luke up in that space station with fucking Vader and the lightsaber and the emperor, like all that stuff's wicked. But meanwhile, like the little bears part is silly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it's ridiculous that those bears won. Like they're little bears. I mean. I I think for me as a girl, like it was almost a little refreshing to see them because I'm like, Every single thing in this movie is disgustingly ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the cutest being in that film, besides like the Ewoks, was probably Chewbacca. And Chewbacca's pretty like weird looking. He's got a big ass hairy <laughs> forehead, and like, <laughs> you know, he's a hairy person. You know, it's just really weird. And then I was like, oh, cute. I like them. Like they were just visually refreshing to my eyeballs. You know, like I didn't want to cry every time I saw something. Yeah. Freaking ugly. <laughs> like even later, like every everything else was so ugly. Jar Jar Binks was freaking. I don't know what he was. He looked like freaking crab with gooey eyeballs sticking out of his head. And what? <laughs> I mean, the only thing that we can say necessarily for sure is that Jar Jar Binks is probably one of cinema's finest characters. Oh, <laughs> of course, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, tell me about your track, The Disco Tech. <laughs> Very smooth transition. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was actually inspired by Star Wars. So let's go back to Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest can talk a lot about this one. He likes this one. I do. I love this track. The song itself is uh, pretty much about like a synthwave discotheque. At the at the time, we were very new to the whole synthwave music uh, scene. When we first started writing music, we weren't like, oh, synthwave, let's do that. It was kind of like, I love synthesizers. Let's write some tracks. And then we built off of um, Life Sequence. And we just got really into that sound, like the way it was. And we tried to build off of it and we found uh, the synthwave scene. Like it's building up. I can tell like uh, synth waves getting bigger and bigger every day. It's kind of weird um, seeing people that actually know about it. I, I think one of the easier connections for people is when you talk to them about synth pop. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, I know what synth pop is. And then you're like, yeah. And then you build from that when, you know, explaining it. Now change that pop for a wave. There yeah. you know <laughs> what we do. The whole idea was at the time we're writing these tracks and we're doing it regardless of what anybody thinks, you know? It's not like we're writing synthwave because it's big. It's like we're writing synthwave because we love that music. Mm -hmm. So when we say, like, uh, we dance alone without a home kind of thing, it's hinting to that. We're hobo musicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I saw I saw a cool photo shoot oh of, my of, the, God. of the two of you. Tell me about that photo shoot. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We brought out our synths and... Uh, we were just going nuts. I mean, we really had an idea and a theme behind what we were going to do. Like, all right, we're going to use these lights. We're going to use this fog. We really want Ernest this. Ernest is crazy. Image. It was like in the middle of the night. It was probably around midnight when we started shooting. No, and I, was like, I had it in my mind. And I was like, you know what? We're doing this. It's going to no, look No, but he's sick. crazy because he, he's like, oh, let's bring out the synths. I see him just start bringing stuff out. And I was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Do you realize how humid and cold it is right now? Yeah. Like, this is not the proper environment for my babies. And you're bringing them out and you're not telling me anything. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. And I like, I didn't want to put 
my keyboard down anywhere i'm like i just want to keep it warm and dry by holding it <laughs> yeah so like the majority of the pictures she's holding her synth but i was just like boop put this one here put that one there i'm so sad i really wish that she could have brought her uh, her beast because she has an ms2000 in the photo shoot we had the micro korg the ms20 and the korg r3 that was kind of like hiding but she has an ms2000 uh, B. That would like cover is, me up and yeah. probably see my forehead or something. <laughs> yeah, but that's the one that was missing from that shoot. Sadly. I would have dropped know. it and I would have died. Are you guys cosplayers? Well, <laughs> I, I feel like I saw something about that. We wouldn't say we're cosplayers. Julie's just very, very creative. <laughs> Last Halloween. We went to uh Kamikaze, which is kind of like Comic-Con. It's, host- it's the budget Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's hosted by Stan Lee. So one of my dreams was always like, I need to meet this guy. I have to meet this guy. And we went originally two years ago. We got some of our comics autographed and we brought them back. And then uh, the next year we were just like, let's dress up as something. And Julie's like, yeah, let's be permit head. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to pull that off. Yeah, that seems kind of intense. And I get these things in my head. Like if I want to do something, I just get these ideas. And I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Like we we do this, you put this together and it's going to hold up. This is going to support it. And Ernest is like, like, I'm all there in silence, just like. Like he, okay. he. Wait, is that is that the Silent Hill thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Head. We love Silent Hill. I the, love Silent there's, Hill. There's there's two games that we go by, uh, for PS3, and that's uh, Metal Gear and Silent Hill, both by Hideo Kojima. Metal which, Gear. Yeah, Metal Gear. Otakon. <laughs> oh, I love that game. That's, that's my good. only like my impression of Metal Gear Solid is um well that is a Metal Gear <laughs> and. Uh, Meryl. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then Otacon has this line where he pisses his pants and he's like, oh, yeah. he's like yeah, part one. this looks like something from one of my animes. That's it. That's my. Hey, man, that's pretty good. That's the extent of my Metal Gear impression. Oh, and <laughs> hurt me more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gray Fox was so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because they always talk about... Originally, they weren't even going to make Revengeance based on uh, Raiden. They were going to make it on Gray Fox, well, which not, I not think Well, not Revengeance in particular, but when they were talking about a spinoff, yeah, yeah, yeah. they wanted Sorry. to do a spinoff on Sorry. Gray Fox. Uh, Hideo really wanted to do a spinoff on Gray Fox. But since he, he wanted to concentrate on uh, the newer Metal Gear and some other projects he was working on, and uh, they were like, oh, well, you can hand it off to this this group of people. And he's like, okay. Well, just in case you guys F it up, just use Raiden instead. And he, like, there are interviews where he's like, I don't really care about what they did. I mean, because I didn't do it. Doesn't hurt my feelings. Fucking Raiden, man. Yeah. That's the the weak link of that franchise. Like, when they. Yeah. Because I think for me, my favorite's always been the first, like, solid. I played part two, mm. but I remember at the time it was cool because the graphics. Like I remember, like that yeah. was a, that was a PS two like, like showpiece. You can see their faces. They're like, yeah. Whoa. I was tripping when I saw that. I was like, Oh my god! And it like- was like so crisp and clean, you know. And 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 um, but then I was disappointed that you were only Snake for that first level. Yeah. yeah. I've never been a fan of when they do that with franchises yeah. because you you want to play as the characters you love, and they they did that yeah. in the old like. Donkey Kong games, I remember on Super Nintendo, where oh yeah, where like brought out their cousins. Yeah, 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 and it was like you want to be Donkey Kong, but then like after the first one, Donkey Kong was always kidnapped or something. I'm like, well then, this is stupid. (laughs) So I know Snake Eater. uh, I remember the last boss fight because it's with that chick in the flower fields, right? Like the white flowers. The boss. The boss. Yeah. And I played four, 
Guns of Patriots. Yeah, which I liked, but the ending was amazing because it just kept going. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my god, that's was like, every- yeah, you're like, oh, it's over. It was no, like plot. It was like just plot twists for like two hours where it just. Yeah. Yes. No, but like it, after after that scene where like everybody starts dying off, once it hits that boat scene, you think that Big Boss is a uh, whatever the freaking thing in the strap the that got thing thrown in the fire. Yeah, like he has no limbs, no freaking eyelids or anything, and he's already being tortured. They're throwing him around. They throw him upside down on the boat, and then they light him on fire. We're basically keeping him alive through life support, and then at the very end, you find out this guy's like that totally wasn't Big Boss. It was. Was it Solidus? No. Yeah, it was, no, Solidus, yeah. yeah. And then I, lo- I, love, come- I love the story. Like, Metal Gear, it's funny how the Those first... The twists. Like, the first yeah. one, like, Metal Gear Solid, it, it is ridiculous, but it was still a sort of containable, understandable ridiculous. Like, yeah. Psycho Mantis was a weirdo, and he did fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't so crazy, and then, like, with the second one, they got crazier with the characters, and by, like, Metal Gear 4, which I did enjoy the game. Yeah. But if someone asked me what the story of Metal Gear was, I'd be like, well, there was this other snake, and he put his hand on this other dude's arm, and then he took over <laughs> his mind, I guess, and there was a weird guy with, like, an octopus, and... <laughs> There was like, yeah. there's all sorts of just nonsense. Tell me, um, we can continue, but let's, let's talk about the track, uh, Replicant, uh, which, right. which is kind of, it kind of fits in with all this, right? You know, with the kind of like sci-fi kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Julie is a huge fan of uh, Replicant. Blade I mean, Runner. Rep- Blade Runner. So she put the movie in while we were, uh, recording and I really got into it. I think what really got me was that ending speech. I was like, oh, damn, that, that shit was deep. Tears and rain. We just like, we need we need to watch this again. So <laughs> we, we watched it again. And we watched we, it three times. Yeah. Like we, we just said, like, let's just sit down and try to write a song. Okay, play it again. All right. And it just yeah. kind of like started going on a loop. And it went on three times. And then we're like... Yeah, this song's going to be about Blade Runner. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like we started taking a lot of the sounds that we were making. We were we were inspired by uh, Blade Runner. We were like, oh, man, this sounds like it would be there. Like, it sounds... Like that ending track? My God, that's an amazing Back soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Like, I just love the vibe. It was very different. And I feel like it really sets the mood for a lot of the stuff that's to come, you know? For, from us. Ooh, is that a tantalizing tease? Maybe. <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> write a song about a guy that shoots his brother in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call it Backseat Brother Down. <laughs> <laughs>
I've seen some tracks that say, you know, other people's tracks that say like featuring future hollow tape. The Depending on what the tracks are, we either do uh, some synths and put vocals in it, or uh, some uh, vocoder. And I mean, we've been we've been lucky enough that like a couple of the people that we've worked with would be like, oh, you know, this part sounds like uh, it'd be cool if we put a lead in there or or a solo, and they'd be like, oh yeah, go ahead, add it in there. Okay, great, because we already did. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was funny because like when we were um, working with uh, Botnet, which we are very close friends with, he's a very awesome, very, very awesome guy. He showed us this track and we were like, oh my God, this is an amazing track. And then instantly it was just like, let's build off of this, let's work on this. So we started like really getting into it. And then uh, that was one of the first tracks that we did. No, with no, it wasn't. Kyle Escaper with oh, Kyle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's funny. By the way, we love Kyle. He's freaking awesome. Yes, you know he did so cool much helping us with this album uh, that we just released with he, the artwork and everything. Yeah, he and he's did. just one of those people that has definitely been really supportive and and stuff. He's a really cool guy. Yes, very very cool. For the songs that we did with like Kyle and Botnet, they had the majority of the music done. So we just Mm -hmm. kind of like added little bits and then Ernest with his vocals because, you know, Devo's got to be in there. Um, (laughs) With Kyle Sims, he showed us one of his tracks because we were talking about like, oh, man, I'd love to cover this song. He's like, if you want to, man, do it. So uh, we did. And that was his music. But we remade it and also put vocals in it. Because, I mean, if, you know, another artist is like bringing their song to us, like we're obviously going to be respectful and yeah, you know if course. they say we only want vocals we'll just do the vocals but i mean we're also not afraid to be like hey man like i mean we, we thought of this really cool part we don't want yeah. it to go to waste you know would you mind if we like added it in there if you don't like it you know throw it away whatever yeah you know we just figured it's cool like your song inspired us to write this whatever and most everyone's been really cool about it like yeah go ahead throw it in there i'll take a listen and then they do like the final editing since it's their original song you yeah. know most of them have been like, yeah, you know, that's cool. I'll keep it. You know, even some other artists that we can't really say who we, they are yet. Yeah. Because it's kind of a surprise. We did a couple of, like, things. Like, they didn't even ask us. They're like, just do vocals. We only want vocals. And we kind of messed with the vocals a little bit. Like, the way they're chopped up and everything. And they're like, yeah, that sounds really cool. Like, that adds a lot to it. We're just going to keep it like that. And we're like, okay, awesome. It worked. Yeah, you know. <laughs> what was the track, the Botnet track? Was that Runaways? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's almost one in the morning over here. If I could, like, send you some coffee right now, I would. A little emoji of coffee.
what's in the future, man? What's what's coming up? We can start winding this thing down. We've been talking for like an hour, so what's uh some collaborations, so some surprise collabs for sure. And uh we're also working on a on an EP. Right now we've actually been working uh with a record label in uh, Riverside, Burger Records. So we're gonna have them put out our cassette tapes. That should be coming out soon. We're just waiting. So I know really, really, really soon we're gonna have those tapes available, and we're finally getting it done. And that's of the uh, the, the new album. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, we do have a chunk of um, songs that we've been working on ourselves. Right now we're saying it's gonna be an EP, but I mean that's what we said with Analog Renegades. Yeah, that's it, and that's what I wanted to say. Like I feel like it's probably gonna become an album. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we'll see. I we're really enjoying the way it's coming out. It's gonna be a good one. Well, that's exciting stuff. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this is my wrap up voice. <laughs> Just do the snake voice. Meryl. <laughs> End it there. <laughs> snake? Snake! You know when it gets Oh my god, Ernest is the one that, like, you know, I love doing brought me, funny. like, introduced Metal Gear to me. And at, the first time that happened, he was playing, and I was like, what happened? Did he commit suicide because his friend died? Yeah, because you know how it ends and it goes, dun, dun, dun. Oh, and then there's a and gun. Then, yeah, there's a sound effect. Yeah. I was like, did he shoot himself because Snake died? And he just started cracking up. It was probably one of the dumbest things I've ever said in my life. So funny. That's a great interpretation of that. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Colonel blows himself away. (laughs) Well, I mean, without him, the series ends, right? Apparently not. Well, yeah. Yeah, There's that revengeance. Well, because it's not even really Snake and it's Big Big Boss. Boss. See, that's what I am very, very excited about. Once you play part three, at, par- at first, I wasn't all crazy about part three. I was like, no, it's all about Solidus. Solidus is a business. Julie, Julie's like, no, have you not played I part love three? Snake What's Eater. wrong Big with you? Is yeah. the best. Like, he's my favorite. And I choose the, him over Solid. Well, yeah, and then I started like, playing yeah, part The gameplay. I mean, I have a nostalgic attachment to Metal Gear Solid because it was like, I borrowed my buddy's PlayStation because I was an N64 guy. Yes, yes. And uh, it was the first game I ever played that was really, like, adult and, like, cinematic. Even, like, the way yeah. the game started with cinematic music and there was, like, you know, the mm-hmm. credits on the screen of, mm-hmm. like, who made the game. And I just remember it just, it felt like, I was watching a movie. Yeah. But then when you really look back on it, you can beat the game in like half an hour if you know what you're doing and if you skip the cutscenes. Like there wasn't really yeah. much of a game. Yeah. Well, actually, no exaggeration. You could beat that game in like an hour, I think, or like an hour and a half. Maybe. There isn't a lot of gameplay because I think you even got a reward for beating it in like two. Really? Dang. You would get like a tuxedo costume. Yeah. Okay, then I beat it in before two. <laughs> it's something like that. Unless I... I Someone's going to correct me. I know you get you get a reward for just beating the game and playing it again. And I think you got a reward for doing it really fast. Yeah, you get like a bandana, yeah. I mean, unlimited ammo. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally understand that. I, I mean, I, I played them all back to back, you know, and, yeah. and I was like, I'd like. But I, I didn't like Snake Eater right away. And I think what it was is because Peace Walker was so bad to me. Like, I mean, I enjoyed playing it. But it was just so different, and I just, I mean, Peace Walker is probably one of my least favorites, and I think that's what concerns me about this new one coming out, that it's so much like Peace Walker. Yeah. Well, and really... I'm just like, but I love Snake Eater. Snake Eater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After playing it a lot, I really got into Snake Eater, and it grew on me. 
So now that they're talking, and then I played Peace Walker, which I don't really see anything wrong with it. I actually kind of dig it. It's not bad. Now that it's going to be like the next chapter in his life, I bought Ground Zeroes, and it was amazing. Like, it's just, you can do anything. Me, you my friend. You bought Ground Zeroes? No, no, you bought, sorry. Calm Julie down. bought Ground Zeroes. The sugar mama. <laughs> and, and no, but like, man, you can really do anything now. And, and to know that they're making an even better one, which is going to be like the step up, it's crazy. I, mean, I refuse... I used to be big into that franchise, but for some reason, I'm a little cynical about Ground Zeroes because I just feel like when they release the actual game, that Ground Zeroes will come with it. Like, I know that they said that it's like, it's not going to, you know, like, oh, this yeah. is the this is the prequel to that game. I bet you anything mm-hmm. that when the actual game comes out, Ground Zeroes will either come with the game or you'll, you know, if you buy it, you'll get to download it for free. Uh, free I just yeah. feel like yeah. they're not, they just won't admit it. It's like, because I feel like they just released that because the game wasn't finished and they had to release something. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I just feel like that's when I will play it. Yeah. It's the same with like Grand Theft Auto 5 or whatever. Like I traded my PS3 one in because I'm just like, they're going to make an HD remake, even though no one, it wasn't announced or whatever. I'm just like, it's going to come out on PS4. And sure enough, boom, my gamble paid off and I got to trade in that game for 20 Canadian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a little proud kid. <laughs> when I first started trading in my, my PS1 games, I was like, what the hell is this? Five bucks? Are you kidding me? This is Silent Hill 1. This is a great game. I got to this point in my life where I just was like, why do I have these games? Like, they're either going to give me, they're either going to be like $2 trade in, Mm -hmm. or they're going to sit on my shelf for the rest of my life. Because we just live in such a different era now. Like, you know, in the old days with like the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and shit, like the only way to play Nintendo games was to get a Nintendo. Mm. There wasn't this this idea of HD remakes, of, uh, mm. you know, re-releases, you know, compilations. I mean, they existed, but it wasn't the way it is now where guaranteed that if it's a popular game, you're going to still be able to access it with the next system, whether it's just going to be game streaming, like a PS3 is trying to, or P- PlayStation's trying to do now, or like you rent games or you can just stream them over the internet and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like we just live in a time now where you, you're always going to have access to all the games. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, you know, I kind of keep the ones that are special or yeah. for some reason, or it's like, you know, uh, there's, there's something about it. But for the most part, I started to realize, like, I just don't need to have them because I'm, if I'm, if I'm not going to play them, if I'm going to play them, I'll keep the fucking disc. If I'm not going to, then it's like, why is it, why is it wasting space here? It's the, <laughs> It could be $2 in my pocket, <laughs> two Canadian dollars, do you understand? <laughs> or yeah. it could be 60 if you just don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> We're going to talk about being proactive now. Yeah, I'll just give up my video game habit altogether. <laughs> and it is a habit. I'm playing Destiny right now, and I don't know why. How do you like Destiny? I've heard, like, mixed... It's a weird game because it's really addictive, Yet mm-hmm. you're just kind of doing the same things over and over again. Yeah. So I'm at this point where I'm wondering why I'm playing it still, but I'm still playing it. It's a it's a weird position to be in. Sometimes I'll just put Snake Eater on or like, you know, Silent Hill, something, some game. And like, for example, if I put Snake Eater on, I won't play it for the story. I'll just go to, to like some part and just start killing animals and eating them. And then be like, what can I make them do? Maybe spin around and throw up. 
you know, oh, yeah. like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And I'm just doing it. And it's like it's it's really dumb things that you start doing. But you just sit there and play it for hours doing really dumb crap. But in that sense, it's sort of like watching a movie like again or something, which I can understand. I mean, I used to um, have a ritual which I, I haven't done lately, but where I used to play a Zelda Ocarina of Time once a year. Oh, man. And that just to be, be a yearly thing. I would just be like, you know what? Every year I'm just going to play Ocarina of Time because it's the best. You know, it's a great experience if if the game is great, you know, to, to replay. Yeah. With Destiny, it's like, I'm just doing the same missions over and over again just to, like, upgrade my guy. Like, Oh, uh, yeah. That's how Ernest is with Ground Zeroes right now. And yeah, I- like I finished it. And then it's just like time trials and shoot everyone. And I did something ridiculous. I sat there for two hours. You you know, have you played Peace Walker? You could uh, take people. What was it called? Fulton Recovery System. Yeah, you can use a Fulton Recovery System. Okay, so I've you... seen that. That's where in in Ground Zeroes is that the thing where like it attaches like a like a parachute, a parachute. that like, pulls the dude into the air. Yeah. yeah, that's for the new one. You can't do it in this one, but uh, what you can do is you can get people and put them in a helicopter. Like, okay, you radio a helicopter, and they, the helicopter you, you comes to carry us. them to the helicopter, and then yeah. just like drop them in there. So I I ended up shooting every not like killing them. But uh, I tranquilized everybody, shot them in the head, took them, and I put them on the plane, and I was expecting some sort of cool trophy. And I did that for two hours. I got nothing. And I was like, damn, <laughs> what a waste of two hours. I think, though, too, there's there's a difference because it's that sort of fun experimentation with a game world you're enjoying. In the case of Destiny, it's sort of like a loot drop game. Well, it is. But in this case, like, because it's also similar to, like, playing Diablo or something where, you know, there's characters that are constantly dropping loot and you're picking them up and putting on better armor and stuff and destiny is like that except you're replaying like the same missions over and over again like there's not really any variation to the missions so it's sort of like you go online i will play like whatever i'll just make up a stupid name because that's what they they all do like oh this is (laughs) an attack on moon base delta or whatever and it's the same mission. It's exactly the same. It's about, you know, 25 minutes of gameplay or whatever. And I've done that mission like 40 times. And it's exactly the same because the only thing that's different is like the reward you get at the end. And every item in Destiny requires a mix of all of these items. And some of them are very rare. Like you don't come by them often. So like to upgrade guns, you need these things called Ascendant Energies, and you only can get like one Ascendant Energy a day if you do like these special daily missions, or if you're lucky and you catch a random event, you might get one in there. And some sometimes these things require six to eight, and so it's like you can only really upgrade once a week, you know, like once you, unless you're playing like 20 hours a day and you just happen to keep hitting random <laughs> events and stuff. Yeah. So it's more like StarCraft in the sense that like oh. like the same thing in StarCraft like every every single mission is the same. Like yeah. you you build a community, you know, you're you're getting crystals and gases to yeah. like upgrade and and then like defend your like area, your territory. Base, yeah, you make you a know? big base and then you just go fight. Every single mission is the same thing. Yeah. And you keep doing it over and over and over again because <laughs> And you get stronger and you unlock Un- unlock you unlock stuff, like yeah. different teams i guess and yeah. and all this crazy crap but it's the same thing i remember yeah. ernest got me into it too and i was like i played like the first couple of missions and i was like oh this is cool yeah i like the sounds because like oh you know yeah. it's it really cheesy <laughs> sound effects like graphics are cheesy it was fun and then i'm like 
another one of these missions again? Like, I gotta collect this many crystals. I had this many crystals in the last mission. Why can't you just, like, Transfer give those to crystals. me? Like, seriously, like, you know, make a transaction. Just even it out. Give me the last ones, and then I'll just add to it. Because it gets tiring. You're just like, you need more now? Like, seriously. <laughs> but that's the whole dilemma with video games. I mean, on one hand, I'll sit there and say... I don't like to use the repeti- the word repetitive when I talk about games because it's a slippery slope Yeah. when people argue that a game is repetitive because then you can get in these dumb arguments with people where it's just like, well, what is the essence of repetitive? I mean, every game is repetitive if you figure that all you're ever doing is just putting the analog stick and moving it around and mashing X, you know, like if you want to be an idiot yeah. and boil it down. And um, so I'll sit there and just be like, well, Destiny's kind of repetitive. But then meanwhile, if I was playing a game that, you know, had had a robust like multiplayer, like a Call of Duty or something, technically mm-hmm. you are playing the same maps all the time. Yeah. And you're essentially just running around the same maps, shooting at the same looking people. But there's, I don't know, there's something different about it when it's like a multiplayer focused game. It's yeah, because you don't idea. know, you anticipate different things each time you play with these people because you, you don't know what to expect, what they're going to do, where they're going to be hiding, where Ernest is going to bomb you with his freaking airstrike and crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love Call of Duty. I realize I said we were wrapping up and then we talked for another <laughs> half hour. So no worries. while you're still here, tell me about uh, Summer in Love. to the minor scale we always put like all right we're gonna write this song let's do it in in d 
and then boom, it just becomes minor. Like it's yeah. it's not intentional, but it just happens, you know? Yeah, and we were we had this conversation, like all of our songs end up in minor. Like we'll be like, Oh, let's that sounds happy, that sounds good, whatever, you know. And normally it's my fault. I'll do something and I'm like, Oh, that sounds really cool. And then Ernest is like, Oh, throw it in there. And then everything revolves around that one little thing that we really liked, and yeah. then it just ends up being minor. Like uh, in Cults and Hallucinations, there's this little break. It only happens once and it's it's a really dark pretty but dark sounding little break you know like little things like that happen and we're just like oh yeah let's, let's just go with that you know we we just lean more towards that and we were like no let's focus okay let's try to write something in major something a little more bright yeah. upbeat kind of sounding i tried and it sounded so cheesy that i just i was like no yeah we always this. get so aggravated with each other because <laughs> yeah. it sounds so cheesy like we're just like that's just Bad. Yeah, like, you know? this is really bad. Like, we're, we're not thinking. And then Julie came out with these chords. Well, I started playing these chords. We, were, we just, we were sick and we were we were almost done. Like, we're like, you know what? I don't even want to work on writing a happy song anymore. Yeah. And I was just messing around on the keys. And I was like, oh, that sounds like, you know, this one song. And I was like, what song is that, Ernest? I couldn't remember. And he's like, oh, Julie. And he starts playing Night Call. He starts playing the chorus in Night Call. And I was like, oh. I like those chords. I was like, I'm kind of jealous that I didn't come up with those chords. Yeah. And I was like, can we write something similar to those chords, but yeah. change it? And we're, and Ernest is like, how about you change it to something happy sounding? And I was like, oh, my God, I think we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, yeah. <laughs> we switched the scale. We obviously definitely changed we, the progression. We, took, we and, were inspired uh, by the pattern, you know, yeah. and the feel. And then I started like soloing because my thing is like, I love solos i'm obsessed with them mm. and she's playing the chords in like the chunk of the song and i'm like just you know throwing this melody in, and i'm like oh my god this is good okay get the computer let's do this we were also listening to another song we were kind of just like listening to a playlist of music mm -hmm. and i was like oh i like how the chords sound choppy there what if we do it a little like this you know speed up you know the the rhythm of the chords and he's like yeah yeah do that and we just started like building off of that and uh, this, the song, we were just so happy at how it was turning out. And we're just like, oh, my God. Like, you know what this song reminds me of? It's it's really cheesy. Like, oh, this is yeah. how you know how freaking young we are. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Ernest is like, it reminds me of the summer of 2013. Yeah. <laughs> Forget 69, 84, 13. Like, yeah. oh, my God. My friend is just like, dude, I guess... Ernest keeps talking about this summer of 2013 and I'm like, hey man, it just sounds cool. And I, uh, I started like writing lyrics and I was like, man, I can't help it. I have to write about that summer, like that one in particular. We just, we, we just met like this, this new group of friends and we just like kind of like the dynamics were just really clicked, good. Like, we, yeah, we just all got along so well. And we had so much fun. Like we were just like, you know what, F this, let's hang out all the time, <laughs> go to the beach every day. It was and just like nuts. we were Uber Cali kids last summer. Yeah, and it was <laughs> like we were just going to like, you know, dark wave synth. Oh, well, not synth wave, we but synth pop industrial clubs. Um, we were going to the beach 80s clubs, the beach. All yeah, the time. we're going to 80s clubs, too. It was so fun. 
you know well, yeah. and uh like he so he's like yeah shows. like he he was just like you know it just reminds me of a music video like you know like it, it looks very um saved by the bell-esque that season that they were at the beach yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh and he's like, yeah, but it's all of us. And it's like a montage of that summer Dude, and how much fun we had. <laughs> if, we, if we were to make a music video on that track, I have so many ideas on like specific clips that I want to do for that. We were just like, oh, yeah, can't you see like Zach and Kelly playing volleyball? And then, you know, like every stereotypical like 90s beach thing that you could imagine. That's how we spent our summer. Like we played volleyball all the time. And, you know, the only thing was that none of us are white, like, (laughs) 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 or rich. (laughs) Well, uh, Lisa Turtle was black. That's true. Mario Lopez. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Mario Lopez. And and Screech was a big nerd. (laughs) Screech is weird now. Did you hear what he does? No, I haven't kept up on Screech. I know he wrote that book. Apparently he does uh, X-rated films. Does he? Well, he he, He he directs them. Yeah, he directs them. And he has, like, a, a chain of like adult toy stores. It threw me off when I found out. I was like, no way, you're a liar. Then we looked it up and I was like, holy crap. No, no, yeah, I think he he, he is sort of a notorious kind of sleazy character. Yeah. I think that's one of his uh, things. Not that there's anything sleazy about running a sex shop necessarily. <laughs> no, of course not. It's just like, it's just funny, you know? I was just like, I, I, I bought my wife his uh, tell-all book. Mm. He wrote a tell-all book. Oh yeah. What is he? Saved by the oh, Bell cast yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah they, the, they made like a movie about no, it. Or no, something. it was, it was yeah. like a thing on TV. It was like a special kind. Yeah, I guess movie. it was like. A movie. And like during the book, he just talks about that he's got like this big old dink. <laughs> That's something he keeps like referencing, like in the book. I remember watching, like, because they were talking about um him and now, and and in the interview, he was just talking about his junk. He's like, yeah, you know, people don't appreciate me, but they don't know what I have. It's like, <laughs> isn't that weird? That's just really weird to know. Like, I'm not. That's not useful information to me. Well, it's useful. It's useful information to me and the rest of the Beyond Synth listeners. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. <laughs> What a lovely way to wrap up. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, guys, it was good talking to you. Good talking to you. Take care, dude. And that was future holotape and a very, very abrupt ending. And I apologize, but that was literally when we stopped talking. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please tune in to the next one. Just in case I forget, uh, for anyone wondering, uh, I get a lot of people who always ask this, the theme song for Beyond Synth is performed by Ogre. That's O-G-R-E. Very talented dude. And you should check out his music because it's awesome. And that particular track is called Sure Thing. I'm probably forgetting some stuff, but don't worry, I'll get to it. Oh, and if you have a chance, please check out uh, my Vimeo page, uh, Andy Last on Vimeo. I directed a music video for Droid Bishop's track Exodus many, 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 many months ago, but I've never really talked about it, so if you haven't seen it, check it out. I'm proud of it. I also did for a a one week, (laughs) I did a live podcast, which was a complete failure, but it is still funny and I'm keeping it up on the site. So if you have a chance to check it out, it was called This Afternoon with Andy Last. And we did three episodes and they were bad, uh, but they're going to, they're going to stay there. But if you stick with it, it has a very dramatic an unnecessarily dramatic conclusion, which is always a fun way to end uh, a series. And that's all I have to say. So I hope you guys have a lovely day. Top of the morning to you. Oh, God. <laughs> Talk to you soon.
Beyond Synth is now over. Please tune in next time. Thank you for your cooperation.